Even an ordinary secretary or a housewife or a teenager can, within their own small ways, turn on a small light in a dark room. Now is the time to let your mind go blank and focus instead on how awesome the yoga teacher is. Yes. Namaste and welcome to another episode of Chill and Ambitious, the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. This is the Life Innovator series and we'd like to welcome you to the dream. Yep. That, that's our new jingle. I, didn't, I haven't heard it before either, um, but it, it's a lovely jingle. Well, we, yeah, I mean, welcome to the dream. We've talked about it, but we haven't been talking about it on the podcast. So we want to make sure that people know All right. about the dream. Yep. <laughs> I'm O. And I'm No. And together we make Oh No. Oh No. Well, that wasn't together. And oh, together, together we, we make, make Oh No. no. <laughs> okay. Um, Still hella cute. <laughs> <laughs> Miriam approves, and I love it. Um, so, Olivia, Oh, do you feel like you have um, an impact in your place of work? And in what way? I was saying that I, I feel like I do, but maybe not to the fullest impact that I'd always, always like. But the part I do have impact on is like, we see the people I work with, um, and getting to interact with them every day. But also I do find, um, I'm someone who's always thinking about systems and like how things operate. And I've been able to like at my job, um, my boss has been receptive with like, oh, I think we should use this software instead of that software because that's just really ineffective and we're wasting a lot of time doing that. Or like, wouldn't it be interesting if like we had like a certain meeting at this time? So like infrastructural things, actually, um, I've been able to, I guess, make a case to like impact impact in my job because it makes my job easier, (laughs) especially if it's Mm -hmm. something like that. Totally. Um, And while most people would think that that's, kind of the job of your your boss to go ahead and do that right <laughs> um what just saying yeah. <laughs> but it but yeah. it goes well nice right no because you should lean on your team right exactly because today's topic is actually about leadership dun, 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 dun. Da, yeah <laughs> i love Miriam has the best sound effects i love it <laughs> um so yeah actually we're going to be talking about leadership because there's um often some mis like notions about what makes an effective leader or what positions can make a good leader um and you can actually lead from any position because you can impact you impact every single person you come in contact with so uh the inspiration from this came from today's guest, Miriam, uh, who is the owner of Office Yoga, who literally brings Zen to people's workplaces every day um, and has kind of been a leader her whole life. So welcome, Miriam. Hi. Happy to be here. Thank you guys for interviewing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No. Yes, of course. Thanks for thanks for chatting with us. Of course. Um, so, yeah, you literally get to impact people like every single day in in like stressful workplaces like what made you decide to do that i 
it wasn't a conscious decision. I think I was just doing it. (laughs) And when I woke up and realized that that's what I was doing and it's actually very much needed and, um, you know, I was good at it. I decided to make more of a conscious effort to grow that because, you know, it just little bits at a time can make a big difference. Yeah. Growing the office yoga. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you started out as an off as a yoga instructor. Yeah. I started off as just an instructor. You know, I was teaching since I was 16. My first job was a swim instructor. And then, you know, as I was going through college and grad school, I was always teaching things on the side, which was swim lessons, cycling, Pilates. You know, I just like to teach. And I didn't realize that that was a part of me. I just did it because that was like how I was used to making money. I was like, well, I know I can make money doing this while I go to school and like, right, right. you know, get a real job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so funny. So, you know, that's how it started. So I've always been a teacher in some way. Um, I just didn't realize that that was sort of, you know, where I was going to end up. I love that you're like, <laughs> one day I'll get a real job. Yeah. Because <laughs> we have this perception of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess obviously people always need to be taught and, some level. You gotta start yeah. somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. So you were you were teaching and then you were teaching yoga and then how did you get your first client? I was teaching all over the place, which is what yoga instructors do, right? So I was teaching cycling and amongst other things. And I got into yoga because it's huge here in San Francisco and it really stuck with me for a lot of reasons. Um But as a teacher, you kind of have to hustle from like one studio to the other with personal clients, like personal training stuff. And um, I was introduced by one of my business partners to this company that I worked for, MoveWeb. And I've been there for three years now, but originally I was just there. They were the only company that I worked with. And then other than that, I was in public classes. Um, And I was going through a transition at work. I was leaving a job and I had more space and time to sort of create something new. And um, that's when I really got to look at, you know, the company that I was teaching. Mm-hmm. There's that one. Because I had like a little epiphany before that where I was like, this could be a really good business idea. If someone were to just go into companies and teach, you know, it's like, right, right. there's yeah. not, there's no business that is that. But I was so overwhelmed with my job at Berkeley and other things that I was doing that it was just sort of a fleeting thought. So when I transitioned from Berkeley, that I was running a wellness program there, which did something similar. Uh, they went to workplaces just in the UC campus, and we worked with them in you know various ways, like sleep and nutrition, and, um, and it wasn't just exercise; it was a lot more involved. But uh, when I left that position, I you know had a brainstorming session with a friend and brought up the idea, and he was like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." <laughs> I was like. It is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, you trusted it. Yeah. Yeah. So it ended up being so this adjustment, I guess, it made the the yoga teaching more sustainable for you then? It did. It was a little bit more in my hands versus yeah. um, you know, there's just there are a lot of teachers in San Francisco, there are a lot of studios. Um, there's a lot of pressure too, I felt when I was going to studios for numbers, like yeah. to get numbers up and mm. you know, if you're not in a good time slot or a good area then it's sort of like hit or miss and it's not sustainable here in San Francisco right where I knew if I started I had one company and I was like well I'll just go to a couple you know and at least help myself out there and I'll get to meet more people you know there's a lot of benefit to it um I just thought it would be something that I could do part-time while I figured out my (laughs) career you know (laughs) whatever I was gonna do uh so it was always kind of like a side gig where I was like okay I'll go I'll go to more companies in this building you know it started off really small so 
That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then now you have like a long-term plan, like you have a 10-year goal, right? Yeah, I do. I have a 10-year goal of being national. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll start here in San Francisco <laughs> for like, you know, a year, two years and just and move out to the East Bay, South Bay and um, just kind of go up California and then hopefully just a little bit more West Coast. I, I don't really know how it's going to work out. I just have that that vision of wanting to be national. So maybe some satellite companies that I currently work with, you know, I can start off there. There's I know that there's other ways to do it, but um I think that will happen. Do you have yoga teachers working under you then? Or like I do. I have a great team of instructors who I love. I love them so much. Um, there's about four that teach regularly. And then I have a couple subs that, you know, when things open up um, and the time fits, they'll, they'll yeah. be on schedule too. What's the Very response cool. you've had though, like from like the people that you're like working with in these companies? Like, cause it, it might seem like, well, I wouldn't, you know, Maybe some people who like it's if you're not part of the, like a culture where you know it's it's encouraged to like do you know exercise at work or whatever like mm-hmm. you know it doesn't seem obvious right so like what kind of feedback would you do you get or from people being like do you ever get people being like oh my god I totally thought this was stupid and now it's amazing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I sent out a survey at, in December to get feedback from the companies that we worked with and, you know, just like what they like and things they want to change. And um, I got a lot of interesting information from that survey. And there are people who had been wanting to do it for like over a year who just were like, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And then they finally come and they're like, what was I waiting for for so long? And um, I think it's the scheduling, like figuring out that time in their day. And then once they come, they're, they see the benefits of it. They're like, Oh my gosh, it felt so good to move around and like wake up a little bit and just get some natural energy versus like caffeinated coffee. Yeah. Coffee, yeah. tea, or, you know, just, I don't know what else people drink. Red Bulls. Um, better than railing that line in the bathroom. Um, you know, it's, they just feel the difference and it takes a little bit of time. You know, sometimes it's just simply walking away from your desk and not thinking about a project anymore and busying your mind. I try to get people to really focus in on their body and their breath, usually the body first, because the breath is a little bit harder for them to get used to like paying attention to, but they can feel their hamstrings, you know, and they (laughs) can feel their back. And so I try to get them in their body so that they're not thinking so much about Right. Projects. Not that I don't want them to be productive, but to take a little of a, a break a from that. Back. Yeah. So they can be more productive yeah. later, which is that part of your pitch? Like when you're talking to companies? Cause I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, <laughs> you're giving this to your employees. Ultimately, they still want to like, yeah, have good employees, right? Yeah. You want the employees to be happy and they are, they're a little bit more efficient and effective afterwards. Yeah. So, <laughs> I had this funny guy, I was telling them, I was like, you can do, you know, three hours of work in two. And he was like, we get paid for three hours of work in two. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> do not quote me on that. Yeah. That is not written into your contract. I didn't say anything about your pay rate. <laughs> the yoga teacher said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you guys were going to pay us for coming to this class? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's no, funny. but so like it's different than like because I've definitely seen office yoga where they like 
teach you how to stretch at your desk and stuff like that. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's like carving out time. Yeah. Like personal time. Yeah. It's the idea is if you like to practice, I mean, you don't have most of the people we work with are beginners, but there are people who will go to yoga studios after work or during lunch. And sometimes that commute time just takes too long, right? You have to mm-hmm. leave at a certain time. And then you have to deal with parking or commuting to a studio. So it's nice to just have it come to you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause and yeah, then, it makes it, there's less friction there. There's, yeah. 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 Taking out that travel time, it's, it's there. You're in and you're out. And then it's also really friendly for beginners who might be a little bit nervous to go to a studio, which is most of what I'm, I'm seeing that we have is people that don't do yoga. Yeah. And so yeah. we get to be that first experience for them. So it's really fun. with your yoga office yoga do you have um like you have the mission of making it go national mm-hmm. but like in terms of your approach is there an approach that you take that is really important to you that if you feel like if you're not doing that then you're not being true to your company and true to yourself that's a that's an ever evolving um i think quality that i'm trying to figure out yeah and i do know what's important to me is you know, quality instructors, obviously, people who are going to show up on time and very consistently. That's so important when you're teaching a beginner something. Yeah. You know, they need that reliability, that that container of dependent and consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, someone who is playful and warm. You know, I really like that too, is to make it fun for people. Yeah. Like, I want you to, to be inviting and right. talk to them. And I, people should feel special. Like, you went and stepped away from your work to show up here to take care of yourself. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, good for you. That is so hard to do, especially when you're, you know, really busy at work and people need things from you. It's hard to be like, no, I need to take care of myself for a second. Right. So then right. I can take care of this work and take care of you. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, yeah, that would be your success, right? Yeah. Then in terms of measuring it, in terms of your, the peop- your clients being happy and feeling like they have permission to like take care of themselves. Yeah. I do know that one of the groups I work with, they have, a, especially in this last year, they've had a lot of turnover. Uh-huh. Um, and they did of like 130 people in their company, only 12 of them have been consistent for the last three years. So they've only had the same 12 people in three years. And of those 12, like six or seven of them were office yogis. Uh-huh. So that yeah. made me feel pretty good. That like is I, pretty cool. I, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's like that's why they stayed, but I do know that <laughs> <laughs> the ones who have have been involved in yoga. Like yeah, most yeah. Of them you have. should take that number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, there were office yogis who also left, but, you know, the ones that have stayed are definitely amazing and, and still yeah. come to yoga. So that's amazing. I mean, and that just actually kind of goes like going back to the whole leadership thing mm. in terms of like you can be a leader any, anywhere, but like we tend to think of effective leaders as being, or we tend to think of leaders in general as being like loud and like concrete in their beliefs stuff, but actually they find, found that kind of domineering, even. domineering. Yeah. And we found that actually the, those, well, those are mo- most often like perceived as leaders. The most effective leaders are conscientious and they um, are intelligent. They tend to have more empathy. Um, they communicate. They're really sociable. So mm-hmm. things like, you know, the type of things she said you're looking at your yoga yeah. teachers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I'm sure that, you know, when 
you leave a situation where you're like working out, you're, you're working out your stress and you're in this positive space for an hour, you're going to go back and like bring that with you to work. So like, it's, it's like every single person is impacting every single person on that level mm. and like empowering them empowering, to be leaders. Yeah, yeah. Empowering everybody to be a, like, yeah, you can lead from any position. Absolutely. I really like that. Um, in terms of just rethinking leadership, because yeah, we all have a chance to lead constantly and, mm. and follow. Yeah. yeah. And actually leaders are usually a reflection of ourselves. So like, you know, when, when, when let's say like in an organization or a country, like people are, um, it's a positive time. Like when you see like a positive leader and everybody loves them, it's usually a reflection of the state of that everyone's in. But when you tend, but when it's a time of doubt or depression or, or like economic depression, that's usually when you'll see these really brash leaders. Mm. Um, it's actually, you know, and that's a symptom of our, um, of our, What's the what's the word um, of our zeitgeist? <laughs> no, well, no, no. It's just a symptom of uh, low self esteem or doubt. Like, mm. so isn't that really? It's really yeah. funny. So, like, the more that you know, the more positive people you put in these in positions in front of other people, like you're actually impacting. I wonder if it's like we were talking about. Is it the chicken or the mm. egg? Is it like the positive, interesting people in a in a in a group that are making the group better, or is it? You know, is it the leadership or the perceived leadership that's really making it? Better? Well, I, I I was thinking about that. So, like, especially if you're saying someone who's like domineering in terms of the leadership, where it's almost dictatorial, you know, like versus that's brash. usually when dictators. Yeah, yeah, versus like brash. Because I think like when I thought brash, I think like LBJ, but he's also I think also very positive. You, <laughs> you know, love LBJ. But he's so brash though. I when I think is. of brash, like he's so callous, like like so like creepy old uncle. But he <laughs> yeah, did a lot of positive things, and he was very like. Yeah. Uh, and I, and he, he was a very good listener and he was very good with timing, but I think, I mean, he, I wouldn't call him dictatorial, but when I think of dic- yeah. like people who, um, that observation you're saying, just like people who are domineering, the type of people that like seem to be like attracted a lot of times to them, mm. like do have lots right. of questions, you know, like, and they aren't have like, they look for someone to kind of tell them what to do on yeah. some level because yeah. that's like yeah there's some sort what? of a dependency it seems like so I can see that, that relationship anyways yeah. this is my observation <laughs> but you're also obsessed with LBJ well you're the one invited me to the new America's LBJ talk I did yeah new America's LBJ talk yeah yeah if you're in New York go or DC go to the new America center talks they're awesome yeah they're, they're really good and you can learn a lot about LBJ and how he asked. <laughs> There's a YouTube video of him like asking to get his like who's ordering pants. Was that that was LBJ, right? Yeah, it was LBJ. I he's asking to like or he's on the phone ordering like I want wool pants like with an you know extra inch in the, and he's just like the way he's talking to this guy. He's like now another thing the crotch down where your nuts hang is always a little too tight. So when you make them up, give me a inch that I can let out there. Uh, because they cut me. It's just like riding a, a wire fence. Like oh, something, it, like something. That he I says bunghole at the end. <laughs> yeah. He says... So, leave me. Uh, you never do have much margin there. But see if you can't leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper ends uh, around uh, under my, back to my bunghole. 
butthole. <laughs> and he's just trolling because he's the president of the United States. So he's just yeah. like, what can I get away with? Yeah. And the other guy's trying not to he's laugh. Like, he's yes, just sir. like, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other guy sounded scared to me. He's just like, I just don't. I want to make sure. Yeah, I'm going to write this down exactly. Mm-hmm. Bunghole <laughs> to <laughs> bunghole to yeah. crotch. Uh, <laughs> but that's him. That's so funny. Um, that is funny. <laughs> um, yeah. He's one of my favorite presidents, actually. But <laughs> um, so we're on chill and ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I, and I think this is why um, we thought you'd be a good person for the show because obviously yoga is chill, right? <laughs> You're trying to relax, or you yeah. said like bring some positivity, take some time off your productivity for a little bit. Um, but it's a different kind of productivity. It's a different kind of productivity. Yeah. Taking away from productivity. It's a different. It's a different kind of productivity. Um, but then you also have these ambitions with your uh, yoga studio because I think um, not not judging either way, but I feel like with like teaching yoga, it's not usually thought of like how can I make this business like that's always like the second part, and that always seems to be like the struggle of a lot of yoga teachers is actually mm-hmm. finding out how to live off of that. And there's a hesitation to like even think business mindedly about something as pure as yeah. yoga, you know? Yeah. Well, I think there's a, a way to look at it in a spiritual and just like a sustainable way. Like, come on, to be real, we're humans yeah. and we yeah. have to live and we need to figure out a way to sustain ourselves. Otherwise, you can't do the yoga. Like, you can't be half full and take care of other people like you need Mm -hmm. to be able to take care of yourself right so then you can serve you know that's part of the yoga and so um I mean it's tough we're in a tough city to be in and just naturally at least for me like I would want to create something and then grow it like I know I have a lot of creative energy and I it's very clear that I need to sort of work on my own so Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I have a business model that isn't isn't really out there yet you know I I know that there might be other people um starting something similar but for the most part it's yoga instructors who were doing what I was doing which is teaching at studios and doing you know personal one-on-one work and then maybe a couple companies Mm -hmm. but if you're a business and you want a yoga instructor Mm -hmm. you probably have to call a studio and like call around and like fish for an instructor versus like I'm trying to create a hub you know, right. like if you're a business and you want yoga, I got you office yoga. Yeah. And then is there like, are there certain kind of adaptations you make considering that they're in business places? Like, oh yeah, each company. So I, I, <laughs> I thought when I first started it that I can eventually create this like sort of cookie cutter format that, you know, I could plug into the companies and it would just be this like solid brand, which I think will, I'll eventually get to the, like the solid brand portion of it, but I can't cookie cutter the classes or, and cause each company is different. You know, mm-hmm. everyone has their own company culture, their personalities are different. Mm-hmm. So I'm always there when I, when my teacher teaches the first class, you know, if I have, if I pass it along and just trying to give them as much input as I can, cause I've been doing this for a while now. And so I have a little bit of an idea of like different company cultures and, you know, it's, it's always a surprise sometimes, but, um, it's, I feel like it's important to adapt to the, the audience that you're working with. And that takes time. Yeah. It takes time and like a lot of awareness. Like, what are you doing and what is working with them? Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes you, you know, I do a trial class. Like, we, I offer a free trial class for all the companies to make sure that they like it. Yeah. Um, and they get used to the setup and like what it's going to be like before they commit to, you know, doing it continuously. But even in that one trial class, like, you know, 
you just you got to do what you yeah. can do and and hope that it fits that that group. And so, well, yoga means union, right? Yoga means yeah, yeah, it means union. So you have to like find a way to have that communication yeah. with your with your students. Yeah. And that means like, you know, as an instructor, you have to increase your tool belt and learn to be a chameleon and sort of adapt and serve to what the needs are of that group, not what you're used to <laughs> or what you know. It's, it's yeah, expanding yeah. what you know a little bit. Which was me- mean impactful for you then too, like at, for your yoga yeah. practice, I would imagine to be oh, yeah. expanding your tool set like that and being exposed to other people's needs and maybe yeah. finding out that's something that you totally could value yeah yeah and it's a it's hard to teach it's something that you learn through experience and I can only give advice to my instructors of things that I keep seeing repeat over and over again like there's certain poses that people just don't feel comfortable in in the office environment and I brought that <laughs> up at our last office meeting you know I got all my instructors together for a meeting and I was like so they just really don't like anahatasana which is puppy pose because your butt's up in the air <laughs> Which is like, you know, and we don't think, it feels amazing, right? And I I don't think about it like that at all. But I got some feedback from the survey that were like, you know, my boss is behind me. and Oh, everybody sit on the floor, Indian style like me. Oh, my God, if you're wearing a dress, please keep your knees together. Nobody wants to see that. Oh, oh. (laughs) and I was like oh okay happy baby pose (laughs) yeah sometimes happy baby and it's to just be mindful of it some groups are fine you know the the younger companies like they could care less but there's some more you know traditional like conservative companies that we work for that I think you just you know they're a little bit older and um just to pay attention for stuff like that I could teach them that but when they go in and they step in and teach the group as a whole um they just have to really listen and and yeah. watch the students as they move and like listen to what they're saying between the lines and yeah that's you know. actually arguably the biggest component in being an effective leader is just understanding people like and understanding what they're trying to get to and so even though you're like in the leadership position as the teacher like you being able to have that flow of the dialogue and learning from them mm-hmm. and while they're learning from you not being like I'm always the teacher and I know everything like that's that's making your leadership stronger yeah there's this great quote I don't know who says it but when one person teaches two people learn right and I love that I'm just like that's true (laughs) oh my god because you learn when you teach you know you learn a lot You said that you keep being in these like teacher positions, even in like, uh, I think Noah was saying that even in like corporate environments, do you keep, you keep being like promoted, right? Or like into, it you kind of keep finding yourself in these managerial <laughs> yeah, leadership yeah. positions. It was, um, it was at Berkeley. I was working at UC Berkeley running that wellness program. Yeah. And originally I just started off as a coach, which I loved because it was, you know, I was working with the people directly and helping them progress through the program. It was about 12 weeks, the program. Um, and I loved it. And then the next session that we had, um, I was still a coach for the program, but I started 
basically like what we call the graduate program for people that went through it already, but still wanted to continue on. Mm -hmm. So I was coaching in the initial program and, you know, on the side and my boss and I worked out that I can also train these people in a graduate program. So again, Mm -hmm. here I am creating (laughs) creating something that needs to be created that doesn't exist already, but there's a need for it. You responded to a need. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I love doing that because it was, I get to use my own creativity and I formatted it based off of what we were doing in the first program. So um, I started the grad program and so I was doing both for a semester and then the the position to coordinate the program itself was open. And since I had started the graduate program, my boss thought I would be a good fit for you know, running the program itself, which yeah. meant stepping away from coaching. Um, that was really hard for me, you know, because I like to be with the coach. Like I like to be with the people. Like I yeah. like to be in the muck of it and like yeah. learn like what is going on. What do we, what do people need? And then I can like crawl up and be like, okay, this is what we need to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then go back down and like be in it. Right, so right. Yeah. Um, that engagement. Is yeah. Fun. Yeah. And instead, I, you know, I, I moved up to that position and it was really hard for multiple reasons, but I don't like being disconnected from like what's actually happening. You like that one-on-one leadership, yeah. like well, really like that mentorship, right? Yeah. yeah the mentorship being in completely engaged. I, I could do both. It's hard to, I'm figuring out how to do both because mm-hmm. I'm doing it now. You know, I'm teaching a lot of the office yoga classes and I'm managing the business. So how to do both, you know, eventually when it expands, it's really going to be something that I have to look at. But I do know that I don't want to get disconnected from the yeah. teaching. That make, that That's really important because I think that's the number one complaint people kind of have about like managers, their, man, their yeah. managers, which is actually managing is different than leading. Yeah. But yeah. like, yeah, they have that complaint because they're like, yeah, you used to do this you know, maybe a few, even a few years ago, but you're not seeing what, how we work through it. And so then there's this disconnect. Nobody understands how yeah. it's going on. I, I really like that though, that you're like making an effort to make sure that you're, yeah. I couldn't lead a group of people where I didn't know where they were going or what they're doing. You know, that doesn't make, like, yes. Just, <laughs> yes. Like that is like absolutely <laughs> no good. <laughs> like I wouldn't even imagine that. Like I would just be down on the bottom, you know. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Were you like that as a kid though? Like you're you're an only child? Yeah, I grew up as an only child. Yeah, like what about like in your personal life? Do you find that you're just always like are you like the coordinator of events or are you like I don't know, I'm just yeah. I'm definitely the hub of a lot of um I have like a main group of friends, but my elementary school friends who I'm still in touch with and my high school friends, I, you know, I grew a nice group of friends. And then when I went to college, they all met each other. So that group just expanded and they're all friends as well. So my college friends and my high school friends all hang out Mm -hmm. with or without me, but we know we all travel together and do stuff together. Um, And I didn't realize until very recently, actually, that like I was the main person that connected all of them together. And, you know, everyone has their own other off branches of groups that, you know, evolve from there and on their own. But someone had made a comment when I was um, for my birthday, actually, just a few weeks ago. They're like, yeah, you're the main hub. (laughs) We all know each other through you. And I was like, oh, this is true. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Then it's kind of nice though when you're that in that position too, just like friendship wise, because like you can kind of plug into any of the groups. Like when you were the the connector, you're like, hmm, what's everyone doing tonight? And then you can like <laughs> even if no, not everyone's hanging out, like you, kn- they're all your friends. You're yeah, like, hmm, I'll just tag along with your plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. so 
yes you were always in this like uh we uh kind of like leadership position do you feel like that was something you always embraced or you just because you seem to like didn't realize this was happening like it was almost like get to take a moment to reflect it was like wait there's this pattern where I'm I'm this teacher and I'm just curious because I think that's a lot um for not everyone we have this idea of a born leader and it's not always not true like that no it's they're hardly ever born yeah I, I I don't think so it takes work it takes a lot of work and a lot of awareness and consciousness to I think lead and to go back to that position that I had at Berkeley mm-hmm. where I started to manage the program. I started to coordinate the program. Um, you know, I, I just, I really didn't like it. I didn't like being in that position. I was now telling my coaches who were just a mm-hmm. semester ago, my peers and my, you know, mm-hmm. we were equal. And now I felt like I was telling them what to do, which is what was my job. You, That's know? Managing. you were managing them. Yeah. Now. And I was just, you know, but I had also influenced them in a way. And it was, it was this, um, I, I couldn't fully step into it the way my boss wanted me to, mm-hmm. because also I wanted to coach, you know, like I, I was bummed that I wasn't coaching and I was just telling the coaches what to do. And, at the desk doing Excel sheets right, and right. you know <laughs> yeah. rosters, and I was like, "Oh, I want to Sucks, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I and that's part of the reason I left is just because I couldn't fully like be that person, and and I'm realizing now that I'm just in the exact same position. <laughs> like I started off teaching all the classes for office yoga right. and now I'm like, okay, I can't teach two classes at the same time. I need instructors. And yeah. so, um, but for this, it feels a little bit more natural for me because I started it from the roots, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. versus stepping into a, a position that was already created. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit different, at least for me. Like I get to, s- I'm, I have my hands on with everything. Employ these niggas, they be grown men, but that little boy these niggas want the cookie, so I got a chips ahoy these niggas, but I never iPhone Android these niggas. What are some of like the principles that are like what are some things that are very important for you to like live your life? Like what are some some things you need? Like either physical, emotional, like mm. personal, like what's it's a good question. And isn't that changing all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. What are the daily desires? Daily desires. I got to move. I got to move around. Um, I have to be active. I try to do that in the morning. So I'll do my meditation and yoga in the morning. I swim a lot. I swim three days a week. You know, just to, I love to be in the water. Yeah, Miriam's ripped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but I, I like to keep active because for me, my mind will, I'll, I'll get distracted a lot easier if I don't move around. Right. So um, it really helps me just energize naturally. And so I need to move, I think, in the mornings. I, I'll do it later in the evening if I have to, but usually if I don't do it in the morning, it doesn't happen. So, <laughs> and that's something I had to learn the hard way too. Um, so moving around either, you know, I do my yoga meditation every day and then sometimes I'll swim or I'll bike or I'll run. I'll do something like that. Um, I like good, you know, good friend, like connection, you know, with a friend or just my students or, you know, just like sitting here with you guys makes me feel really good. Yeah, (laughs) I just like that connection of people and like getting a glimpse of what their lives are like, uh, looking through that window and you're like in that way, a very, uh, I don't know what the word for it is, but like in terms of your style of leadership, it seems like very ingrained and in actually like the one-on-one interaction, right? Of leading people versus 
uh, when we think of leadership sometimes, it is like the CEO who is like uh, coming up with the architect of like, and it seems like you have that part of you, but you really like to connect to the actual one-on-one personal aspect of it. Yeah. Like, well, and also it makes sense because you're kind of like leading through the thing, the principles that are important for you. Like you want to connect with people and you want to be active or like two, two of your main, <laughs> like your, your number one, the first two things you listed, you don't even, we didn't even get to anything else. And that's literally what you do for a living. This is true. Yeah. yeah. Directly and work out. Connect like, to people. Yeah. yeah. And, and playful would be another thing, which I absolutely love to just play and laugh. And, you know, and that comes in that connection and, yeah. and movement too. Yeah. But you have good energy. Yeah. Well, good thank energy. You. What do you think? Yeah. So like, obviously you, you really listen to, um, uh, your students and um, you seem to be good at troubleshooting it. But do you feel like, you know, there's sometimes you you have trouble connecting to a particular student and like, how do you approach that? Yes, that definitely happens, especially with going into a new company and not really knowing the group, Yeah, you know, and, and I've noticed that if I am struggling to connect with people, it's usually because I didn't connect to myself first. Mm. You know, it's like, I don't have that patience to really sit and listen and figure out what it is that they need mm-hmm. or, you know, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a disconnect somewhere. So I think if it, when that has happened in the past, I, I feel that sense of impatience. Like, why can't they just get with the program and like do what I'm te- teaching yeah. them? You know, and it's like, but that's not what I'm there for though. You know, right, it's like, right. I'm just, I'm not, coming in, you know, a hundred percent charged and like being of service to what they need. Like in a way they're, they're the, they're leading me telling them what to do. You know, it's, I'm picking up on them to teach them and feed them what they need. Exactly. Uh, Everyone's a leader. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is. That's so funny. And it it happens. And if it's a group that you're just not familiar with uh, or like a situation that you may not have ever been in before, that's a disconnect can happen there. Um, so it, it happens and you learn from them. They're all experiences that you just grow from. Right, so. right. But together with the folks, not really knowing where I'm going, but my goals to provoke thoughts, devote lots, show some fools the ropes to hop, scope the top from above it, love it, then leave it alone. I believe that I'm grown, showing the way. Like any, um, like what kind of sacrifices did you have to make to like get, Get here, yeah. Mm. There was a lot of risk taking of, um, you know, I I did it in a the most practical way I could. Where if I wanted to grow my business, I would have to let go of other things, obviously. Um, so there's a little bit of risk taking and letting go of like classes that were substantial or you know that were a steady income so that I can just have space to do admin work or I have space to you know respond to people or build the business where you know financially you're just not getting supplemented for that um it's just you know when you when something's growing you gotta let other things go and I think it's important to be mindful of what you're letting go and what you're hold keeping especially in this type of work that yeah. we're doing and, and I see other teachers going through it too it's like they're at 10 studios you know they're like hustling and running back and forth 10 is exaggerating they might be at like you know two three or four but you know and it's when when are you <laughs> like running yourself into the ground so it's yeah. like figuring out like okay how much can I actually give in a day yeah um, but risk wise, it's just fig- 
trying to be efficient with our energy and our time. I think that's it. That's what I had to get into. I have, I've started a, a personal training studio with three other girls three years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was a big leap. I was like, yeah, I want to start this business. And, you know, we, we built the studio. Like, I mean, we had the foundation, but we had to like do all the insides and we had to do the flooring and the walls and all that. And that was a big risk that we took together. Um, but it was fun. I learned so much from it. And I, and that was always something that I've been doing. And I'm still part of the group um, today, but we have to resign the lease in a couple months. And that was something that I had to let go of, you know, because I couldn't run that business like a studio space and grow office yoga at the same time. So yeah, I had to sort of say goodbye to one and so that I can feed something else. So it's yeah. hard, you know, you just have to let go of things. Yeah. That's interesting though, but it, you acknowledge it's hard, but you still made those decisions. And I think that's like, ultimately does what separates the leader from the follower is like, even though the leader is listening to the follower, the leader is the one that ultimately makes the decision, you know, that does immediately pull the trigger. Yeah. And so like that you have the strength to make those difficult decisions um, must be like, I think a reason why people keep looking to you for for those positions. I think that's more like a a management call, right? (laughs) Like, just like, cause there's like a, people always like com, com, combine the, the idea of both, but like management is more like you're running, you're making decisions, you're running the day to day. And like actually ultimately a, a, a really great, you know, a really great leader has both abilities to, to make, to impact, um, like the small stuff to like impact the culture, impact like the, the mood and everything. And then also to like, make those kinds of decisions and cut the cord even when it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think at least for me, a difference between management and leadership, it's kind of like we have an episode about intuition mm. and the That's, role love of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should actually listen to that one. You would be into that one. Yeah. <laughs> I and I, uh, yeah, it's from our meditation teacher, Emily Fletcher. And she talks about the role of the right and the left brain and how, the, the left brain is the one that does all the numbers, calculates like the odds of blah, 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 and does all the like logistics. Uh, logistics. But the right brain is the intuition, and that's the one that ultimately, ultimately needs to make the decision. And, but like lots of times we lead with the, with the left brain that's being like, oh, but it doesn't make sense. Like I've got this projection, this plan, and like, uh, just trying to reason through it. And that seems like more like the manager's role, you know, yeah. like they don't, like they make decisions based on numbers, right. Or, or based off of what supposedly like it's the best practices or whatever. And some leaders do, but I feel like they're really like people that stand out as leaders are like, they just have this other instinct, right. That yeah. just knows like, this is the direction we're going to go in. And oh people just gravitate towards it. Cause you're like, <laughs> cause you're trying to figure it out. And you, if you just try to reason through it, you're never going to find a decision that fully sits well yeah. with you. Yeah. And it's it's sort of something that makes sense with time. But if you definitely lead with your intuition, use your logic to make that happen. You know, take those steps, even if it doesn't make sense. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, and that makes sense how you were saying how when you feel like you're being like short with someone or something, like you ask, your, you're like, oh, you weren't 100% in yourself. Like you weren't being yourself. And that's when you things got a little bit. Yeah, you get disconnected. Less elegant. You get disconnected yourself <laughs> and to the people around you, you know, yeah. with your students. Do you ever, with coaching, um, I feel like just with leadership in general, uh, some people seem more comfortable with like the responsibility of it, you know, like, cause this person is in your hands. They are trusting you on some level to like lead them somewhere. Was that something that came very naturally to you? 
or um, something that you had to like grow? That's a good question. It's some, I think it was, it's been more natural because Mm -hmm. there was a point in time where I remember just personal training and coaching and people would sort of open up doors that, you know, were <laughs> emotional. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah. happens like when, you know, you're, especially when you're working out, you're just moving a lot, you're getting a lot of energy out and, yeah, you know, you get, um, you just open up a lot. And so I was sort of in a position where I was playing like the therapist trainer and, you know, I'm just like, why are people telling me all this stuff? <laughs> like, you know, and I felt like I, they were looking to me for answers. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I can't tell you to divorce your husband. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like I don't have the answer for you, but it took me a while to figure out like why people, first of all, were opening up to me. Mm-hmm. I just, I had to look and I actually had to ask around. I'm like, you know, this is happening a lot why are they telling me this, you know? And, yeah. and people would give me their feedback. They're like, well, you're really open and approachable. And like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you listen. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you it, seem like you care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I do care, you know, yeah. I do care about them. But the other part of that was also figuring out that all I had to do was listen. You know, yeah. I didn't have to give them any answers and mm-hmm. they, for whatever reason, they just needed to say that they needed to get it off their chest. They needed to put it out there. Mm-hmm. I, I can hold it for them in that time, in that space. And then, you know, yeah, and that was it. So I think something like that. It was that answer your question? It yeah, came it does a little a bit. bit more natural. Yeah, because um, if it were up to me, I would just play and have fun all the time. <laughs> 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 well, it seems like with the coaching, it's something subject specific, right? And so it does get a little. The area starts to blur though when someone's like, "Oh, well, you've." been great at leading me in this area. Why don't I just ask you more questions about well, my life? And you're like, I. Not necessarily like qualified to lead you in those areas. Especially when something like yoga, where everyone kind of considers it to be like this, um, like, you know, there's like a reputation around yoga. It's like people who do it are like really zen or like touchy feely. And like, yeah, or like, like no more than everybody else. In it. Yeah. But maybe it's like, it's cause it's a connection. It's like, it's an effort toward connecting to yourself. Right. Mm-hmm which people are maybe the Western world isn't so used to. So there's just like, Oh, I'm getting into myself and now you have all these feelings and like certain yoga poses are very like exposing or whatever. We've been talking yeah, about like yeah. people cry a lot during yoga and stuff like that. Don't not do yoga. Cause you heard that, but just like in certain <laughs> positions or like if you're having a hard time, it happens kind of easily if you know, for some people. Yeah. So like it's already perceived as this, like em- an emotional kind of a workout, like, like, you know, it's mental and physical. Yeah. You know, there's, there's the mind aspect of it too. It's hard to ignore, you know, especially the more you do it, you're just like, oh, wow. There's some, there's some internal shifts happening too, not just physical. Yeah. And it makes sense that people are like, they're feeling all these things and they have this perception. It's like, you know what you're doing with your life. You decided (laughs) to teach people to like feel themselves. Well, you were talking about how like you kind of just always ended up in leadership positions, like just because you're like, I see how I can do this well. Let me just go ahead and take that on. Like just, um, but having to teach other or like manage other people, because now you have other people working for you. Mm-hmm. Like, was that something that was kind of daunting or? That takes 
a little bit more work for me. Like Mm -hmm. it's not as natural for me. It's easy for me to create something that's intangible, not intangible, but something, you know, Mm -hmm. to take an idea. You like, you have a really strong ability to picture something. The vision. Yeah. I have vision for things. I have patience for things, but with people, it's a little bit different. And I love it. Actually. I loved getting all my, my teachers together and, and working with them and teaching them about office yoga and what it's like. Cause two of them were brand new and they didn't, you know, they're new to the company. So, um, you know, part of it was like teaching them what it's going to be like and auditioning them and doing all of that. Mm-hmm. I love it, but it's not as uh, natural for me because I see myself as them, you know, like I am you guys, I went through exactly what you're doing and you know, it's to have that empathy and then still hold that authority is, is where it, you know, you got to draw that line. It's like, okay, I am in charge and I have something to teach you and, and I am you, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I know what you're going yeah. through. So trying to sit in that place is sort of, um, and, you know, I'm navigating it. I think it's something that we have to learn as we go along. So, that is sense. curious. I've, yeah. I feel like um, that's something I've definitely dealt with in terms of like embracing the leadership qualities. I feel like I've gotten here and there, like just growing up, being like, I think you have leadership qualities. And I was in a state like just, Generally, my personality is like, I just kind of fear responsibility. So like, I like being independent, but like if some people start like relying on me or like Mm -hmm. wanting to like, oh, I like what you're doing. I'm going to do it too. I'm like, but I might just like peace out sometime. Like, or I might just have a shitty day and like be like terrible to all of you. And like the thing about leadership and becoming an adult in some ways, is like sometimes putting some of those things aside, like, you know, Mm because as the leader, you set the tone. So I imagine if you're like not having it that day you're like putting that all out on everyone else and yeah. everyone else is going to like be on eggshells that day because you're not in yeah. your in your positive state. You're not connected. You're, you're yeah. not connected, yeah. Yeah, just think about like when you're at work and like there's that one person that's always like the cheerleader. Like you always kind of, people tend to like rely on that one person, but like when you have a team of people where everyone is contributing something, like you're less miserable. Like, just think of, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like when you realize that if you start to think about times when you started disliking anything that you did like before, whether it's like work or joining a team or being on a league or, or something like that, like it's usually you notice that the change happened when the attitude of everyone happened, like, mm-hmm. and then your attitude too, which is the only thing you can be responsible for. Yeah, that's true. I guess for me, I'm flighty. <laughs> and I know I'm flighty. Like everyone can have a good time and I'm like, I want to leave right now. Yeah. And it's something that I've had to mature and grow into and realize uh, the internal struggle I guess I have with like why I flee sometimes and yeah. be able to front that and embrace leadership more. So, But I think you I, can be both. Like, I feel like I usually play that role where I'm like, whatever at work. <laughs> but then like sometimes I really don't fucking feel like it and that's okay. But then I just prefer not to be around people. Because oh, yeah. then I don't want to be. Well, I guess there's the cheerleader, the but like you know? when you're the leader, especially like the actual like the boss, you know, like the boss has the temper tantrum. Like everyone's you're having just, a horrible day because that person's having like versus yeah. someone who's maybe not at the top level with that person. Like you don't have to deal with them. You have to report to this person, and you have to like go to their needs. Yeah. Is what I'm saying about like put when you're a leader. You yeah. gotta put that stuff aside. If you're if you're leading a group of people and you're coming in with your own shit, like you need to know how to put that at the door and the door. be yeah. there for people. You know, like always be there of service and 
a lot of leaders don't yeah. do that, well, but I just think that's shitty leadership. Yeah, that's like. <laughs> but that's the whole idea that leadership can come from anywhere. Like if we're talking about like being in power yeah. positions, like management positions. I've actually had one like really, really, really excellent like manager in my life, and she just like she was one of those people who were sometimes in, like on the rare occasion that she did flip out, she'd be like, "I'm sorry, I'm being a bitch right now. <laughs> I, I'm not in a good place." I need this from you. Can we like, yeah, no. And, can, and like, and you're just like, yeah, I respect you so much. Like, yeah. Cause yeah. Just naming it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, that's amazing. And I think that is like the way to do it. It's not that you, can, you have to be a robot. Like you can't like express yourselves. And I think that is, that is something that you learn from, I think being you a learn, confident yeah. leader to be, when you're more comfortable in your role, you can, you know, to lean on your team. But she also asked in a way that respect and appreciate it and didn't demand it. I think yeah. there's a lot of, you know, yeah. managers and quote unquote leaders that they're having a bad day or how they show it in the movies, you yeah. know, the, the, they're like, everything's fine. Everything's right. fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Uh, I was just watching the Bradley Cooper movie about the chef. Horrible bosses? No. Oh, no, no, no. He was actually serious. He was like playing a more serious role. It was probably like this Michelin star restaurant and he just has like, it's so like the cliche chef who's just like a monster, but like, and he like, and when they're on like, uh, when they're really trying to get their shit together in terms of like, oh, the Michelin um, reviewers are there and everyone's like, yes, chef. You are looking at that all the time, yes, yeah? Chef. You have eyes on the whole time, so you have to pass. Yes, chef. Yeah, look at me. Yeah? Yes, chef. You Yes, chef. All right, let's go. Yes, chef. Chef, like, it's like almost very militarized, but he has these like temper tantrums and he leaks it on everybody. And that's, I think that's a very common trope in it leaders is. that they're this... Because we tend to pick out the loudest voice, not the person who's like really mm-hmm. doing, you know, doing a good job through understanding. Wasn't that American history where I think they said the loudest person in the room is the weakest person in the room? American History X? Yeah. Was the, that the movie? The one where the, the skinheads? What? Yeah, the skinheads. No. Denzel Washington was in it. Oh, American then, Gangster? Oh, yeah. You understand? You're too loud. You're making too much noise. Look at me. The loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. I've told you that. All right? I think there's definitely something too that when you have to yell versus like... I, yeah, I think certain people running for office. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's on both ends people. of that, actually. Yeah. yeah, There are people on office that are on both ends. And I've been on both sides of this, though. Like, you know, like when you just know something and there's like other people trying to interject... And I've totally been the other person trying to interject to be like the louder person to get the attention. But like, if you're saying the thing that's actually the most important and the most insightful, just the noise goes away. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It'll, it'll like, be heard. Like, <laughs> yeah. People will like clearly be like, this is the person who knows what's going on. Yeah. And like, they won't be listening to like that person trying to be louder. And yeah, yeah. totally been on both sides of that. <laughs> you're like, why am I still talking? I need to shut up. I, like, I've <laughs> always felt like a good leader is in the background. Yep. I just think a good leader is in the background. Like they're not seen really because <laughs> they let, you know, they you let empower, their people work. Yeah, yeah. You empower their people and you trust them to do their work. You know, you just, you just get a good team on board. Like if your team is solid, then it doesn't matter where you're going. It's, yeah. it's your team, you know, sure. the psychologist, Tim judge found that disagreeable people, those are who are more likely self-centered confrontational and antisocial have a higher probability of becoming leaders. More agreeable people who are empathetic, altruistic, and sociable tend to make 
better leaders, but mm-hmm. are less frequently chosen to lead. So, I mean, it's good that you kind of put yourself in that position. Though, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I mean, maybe it's that thing about the reflection of the time and how people are feeling for like why we, why we do choose. Well, there is, there is a, there must be some leadership quality though to the, to the loud person in the sense that when they get chosen to be in that position, it's, well, yeah, I think it's interesting in terms of like political, right? Like, we're the ones doing the choosing, right? Because we're voting or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of doing the choosing, right? Corporations <laughs> do, do a little bit more choosing before we do. But then in terms of like, if you're within an organization, you're not hired, like, which is funny. We had, we had, we talked about this with Dina, I think. I don't know if this made it into the episode, but she talked about how like at her company where she does HR and they're really involved, they actually are part of interviewing people who would be their boss too. Because Mm -hmm. it's important to know who you like to find team members that'll work with you. But in most organizations, what you're, what they're doing is someone else who doesn't really understand what your work is like, maybe is making a decision for who to lead you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's that disconnect disconnect that you're not like in direct control. So you can't really like, it makes sense when like in harder times where you'll have a more dictatorial kind of person. And then in times of actually this article said that like in times of peace, there are usually leaders tend to have more what they call feminine qualities, which is like understanding and um, empathy. Like empathy yeah. and all. That makes sense. Um, I think that's definitely like our, as we're evolving, I'm actually definitely an optimist with the, <laughs> with the direction of society. Uh, I think like people are actually becoming more self-aware and asking oh, yeah. better questions yeah. and being more open and, I think it is shifting like the way we look at leadership more because I think we're also just valuing like the quote unquote more feminine qualities because I think before it was a combination of who's the loudest, but it is also just a bit more like who, um, not, you do have to be like good at what you're doing and have the vision and have the plan. Like I think of, um, some of like, like Steve Jobs, right? Like, Mm he really was a visionary with like how he was rethinking design and computers and like no one can take that away from him. He may not have been actually, he wasn't the best coder. He wasn't the most technical in that way, but he was like really good as a visionary, but everyone knows he was a huge asshole, Mm -hmm. like abusive to his, some of his employees, you know? And just like, it's like, but we celebrate these kind of people too all the time, you know, or like Kanye's really like actually controversial. (laughs) Kanye's controversial. We we talk about him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because we love, we love him, but, I love him. You love I him hate, and hate him at the same time. Yeah, this like, don't like what he does to other people. Yeah. Mr. Old Kanye, straight from the gold Kanye, chop up the soul Kanye, set on his goals Kanye. I hate the new Kanye, the bad mood Kanye, the always rude Kanye, spazzing the news Kanye. Right, exactly. And <laughs> but he leads certain people. He brings up, you know, like people will definitely do a lot of things mm-hmm. because Kanye said so. And we do have this obsession with the narcissist in our society of like that is someone who we idealize and that we are led by. still love Kanye, and I love you like Kanye loves Kanye. And <laughs> set the standard for you. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> like someone that confident in themselves. You're like, wow. And he is innovative. He is talented, yeah. and he's talented. And I think you can get away with the talent. Um, I guess what I'm saying with the valuing the quality of how people treat each other, I think that's just becoming a more valued asset in leadership now. And we talked about this with the... With the bee, with the beekeeper, there's actually like if you're talking about effective leadership, 
we have better solutions when we actually think in it, like take in all, work. take in more people. The more people that you get their input, you come out with better results. Mm-hmm. So like if it's about effective leadership versus leadership that makes us feel good or like it's just compelling. So maybe that's, that's the difference in terms of why we need more. Well, yeah. Uh, well, listening. In yoga, we call that the collective conscious. Yes. You know, or yes. In, in multiple. Sociology. Yeah. 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 Makes sense though. Yeah. You have it within small groups. You have it within, you know, larger groups and within the whole world. Just there's a collective conscious. There's more than hope when I put out the feelers. We all want the same things when we're being our realists. Collective consciousness, let's form a village, then spread good feelings till there ain't no more killers. And I apologize if I didn't always rise to occasion, had to come of age and apply. Like you told me you just came back from a 10-day Vipassana retreat. Yeah. Where you're silent. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we were silent for 10 days, meditating for 10 hours every day. <laughs> but I love the story you told me about how, like what happened on the last day when everybody started talking. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we were silent for 10 days, you know, and we had a very rigid schedule of like, you meditate between these hours and, you know, breakfast and lunch. And when people were silent, everything was very fluid. You know, yeah. I was in a group of 250 people and nobody could talk to each other, but everything operated smoothly. You know, you wait in line for your food, you sit down, you eat, and then you leave. There was an understanding and a respect as, you know, we were moving around. And um, the last day we were finally able to talk to each other, you know, right before lunch, we can you know, turn around and chat if we wanted to, yeah. you know, and everyone's like, and <laughs> so chatty. But when the bell rang for lunch, it was like chaos, you know, <laughs> like no one could form a line. <laughs> People were bumping into each other. You know, it, was like, it was like impossible to get food. It just, so it was funny. so chaotic. You know, it was just so interesting that that one element of conversation where you think would make things easier. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when you communicate, things could be easier, but it just, it was more distracting. But perhaps it was like not communicating things that were important at the time like maybe it's more like a communication that like when we talk we're expressing our ego all the time you know like yeah. how like there's some culture is it Jap- I don't want to like miscode is it Japanese culture where it's kind of more considered that's like you kind of the, the less you talk the better it's like you should only talk if you have something important to say mm-hmm. instead of just like Adding a lot of culture, but yeah, that sounds Japanese to me. Yeah. I mean, oh. it's a good. I think it's a good <laughs> something to think about. Yeah, but so then you start leading with it with you know your ego, like all these people who went from like having to like just be connected in this other way, like moving yeah. around and then having a conversation. Whereas like your focus is your ego and getting out what you've been trying to say. Cause I guess it would be natural if you haven't talked for 10 days or like, you probably want to connect on, cause I think we are a social level and not that you don't socialize when you're not talking, but I think that is very integral, especially at least that's how you've spent most of your life. Connecting with people is, is, is through conversation. I'm sure you had moments without conversation though, that you connected with people. Oh yeah. For nine and a half days when we weren't talking, I mean, they they even told us no eye contact, no smiling, because they really just wanted you to be... But it was hard, you know? There's so yeah. many people walking around that you look at them and you do... You know, the actually a really hard part for me was making eye contact with someone and I just smile. You know, it's like, yeah. it's my way of yeah. acknowledgement, which is something yeah. that we weren't even supposed to do. But I would smile and they wouldn't smile back. And I was like... Oh, I'm, I'm fucking up. You know, <laughs> it just hurt. Yeah. But I knew it 
wasn't personal, you know, yeah, it was so just cute. like, you're I just, <laughs> every time, the whole time I was there, I was like, I, I can't get over that one. Other things I can get over, but people not smiling, the smiling, back. the not smiling back was hard for me. That's amazing. <laughs> you and I didn't get along in China, actually, yeah. people don't smile back. Yeah. You, I heard that you could just bump into each other and just keep going. And Oh yeah. Yeah. No not, acknowledgement. Yeah. yeah. No. But there is a connection. I had one girl, um, ask me with like hand signals if I had a blow dryer you know when we were in the bathroom she was just like doing this with her hair and like kind of like signed that to me and I just shook my head no and I was like that was the most communication I had it was like day four that happened and it was interesting because I thought about that interaction so much you know and I was like okay I see why they don't want us to talk to each other because we would be so distracted during meditation it it just it wouldn't work you know the the technique wouldn't work Oh, but if you're not allowed to make eye contact, it's not like you guys feel like, because I, I was just like, that would be interesting to see like how the conversation goes. Like when I, my grandpa, um, my Arabic is way better now, but like one of the first times I saw him since I was a kid, he came and uh, I was a teenager and I knew some French and some English and a little bit of Arabic and he didn't really speak too much English and he speaks a little French. So like most of our conversation was just like, sign language and like random words and it was actually really fun like we kind of like we were making fun of like how we built our own language at some point because <laughs> like to be like hmm, like you know and like he actually still makes fun of some of the things I said because I would say them totally wrong like I told him that I wanted to buy I wanted to pay for dinner but I told him I wanted to buy the check like <laughs> buy the piece of paper and he was just like you're stupid but I got it yeah <laughs> But so, like, it was, like, this whole thing. Like, it was actually at first frustrating and then really fun, this yeah. communication of, like, how do we, what can we find that we can, like... Yeah. If you can step back and just yeah. understand the experience that you're in, you yeah. know, like, just look at it, you're like, oh, my God, this is funny. I can't communicate something that should be really simple. <laughs> how do I do that? You yeah. know, it's just being a little bit more curious than just trying to get your point across and keep the conversation going. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Yeah. This has been awesome. Yeah. Do you guys get everything that you need? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We did. <laughs> um, we totally did. Um, but actually, the only thing we need from you is how do people get in contact with you? Oh, officeyoga.com. You can just check us out online. You can submit a request or if you have any questions or want to reach out, just officeyoga.com. You can so check out what we're up to. friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can have my phone number, but <laughs> you want to call me. <laughs> or Instagram or Facebook. Oh, yeah. Like all that stuff. Uh, Facebook is just Office Yoga. I have my own page. And then Instagram is at Office Yoga SF. Um, and all that's linked on the web the website as well. Yeah, so. and it'll be on our website as well. Yeah. Cool. Do you have resources on your office yoga about like, hey, are you an employee who would love office yoga to come to you? Like <laughs> how you should talk to you, how you should how to talk it. to your yeah. boss about um, office yoga. We do have in the, the questions and answers, there's like a resource. That's our resource section. And mm-hmm. it has a bunch of articles that shows how uh, activity in the workplace is really beneficial to De- like decreasing the bottom line. Is that right? Yes. Or increasing the bottom line. It basically makes people more productive at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then why yoga specifically, the benefits of yoga and the benefits of meditation. And it's an easy thing to plug into the workspace because you don't get super sweaty. You don't yeah. need a lot of stuff. You just you, need a mat. and You don't space. have to shower after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's really easy to, to bring in and out. Like, so yeah. there's tons of information on there. And I'm updating that too pretty consistently. I actually just launched a blog. So, yes. <laughs> so there'll be, you know, stuff that is a little bit more interactive on there as well. Cool. So 
Awesome. Yeah. OfficeYoga.com. Office yeah. Yoga. Um. Oh my god. <laughs> are you breathing? Are you doing some deep breathing right now? I'm doing some like bit like deep stomach breathing from the stomach breaths. All right. <laughs> well, speaking of breath, um, have you guys, if you guys haven't heard of a company called Breather, we actually use this place called Breather. Um, they have really well maintained and beautiful spaces to rent out by the hour so like we record in them sometimes and you can just go work in them chill out in them record your own podcast if you want um but we actually wanted to share with you um our code for breather which is chill so you guys can get a free hour if you sign up with breather and use the code chill and you can it's just basically like you want to work by yourself you want to just be by yourself in a well-designed room for for an hour or two or whatever super affordable too yeah really great and, um, and you yeah with the code you get a free hour so you can already check it out and like there are times honestly i've been in there and you want to stay a little bit longer they'll like just give you another 30 minutes or something if no one's in there anyways yeah <laughs> so um if you guys want to check it out the code for breather which is breather.com uh, is chill so yeah try it Taking action. Yes. So Miriam is amazing. Um, she's a delight. Um, my favorite things about Miriam uh, are that she kind of naturally just takes, like does by just taking action. She's like, oh, I want to do this thing. So she does it. And then it ends up evolving into, it always ends up growing because she's always building on that action. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like starting with teaching and then being like, oh, but I want to create this program. And then she just kind of just continues. Like every time she sees something, it seems like she doesn't stop or hesitate to like try it. Mm-hmm. She just continues just building on those things. Like they say, and it makes sense because she's athletic. So it's like, you know, if you're an athletic person, <laughs> no, it's true. Like if you're like, she, she like swims and does yoga and like does all this kind of crazy stuff. And it's like every time that you like, you're like, oh, I swim. Oh, I can shave some more time down. I can shave. like, and it's that kind of mindset. I think that kind of propels her. It's so true. As someone you build on the successes, not really identifying at all as an athlete, even though I was like a dancer and stuff like that. And I ran track, but like, I feel like not to my adult life that I really appreciate like the mind body connection of of sports and just being like working on your body. Absolutely. I wish that I was in sports when I was a kid. I wish my parents would me do them because I feel like I'd have a lot more discipline. (laughs) It's it's true. Or yeah. Or even we had Brianna on our, uh, on our show before and she was the goal setter and just how she's like always competing with herself. And that was just like such a part of sports or just, yeah. And like that accomplishment. Um, other takeaways I have by Miriam is that she empowers people and lets them do their work. Like, I really think that that's important. She's kind of like, she's running the show, but she just kind of wants to give people the tools and then is like, trusts in their ability and that makes her life easier and that makes their life easier. Like, I think that's why she's an effective leader. Absolutely. I 
I think so too. That really stands out to me. It's something that I think about a lot personally on how to do that better in terms of like actively thinking about how to inspire people to want to do things. I feel like when that's happened to me on the other side, like someone inspiring me to do something versus feeling like they've pressured me into it. Yeah. Or like guilted me into it or something like that. Like it's pretty amazing when just being even the follower, you're like, this person makes me want to do this and I don't, (laughs) and and I don't feel like it's forced. Yeah. And it's like you hire people, you hire people and people hire you because your expertise, like you should focus on that expertise, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, um, and then I also really liked what she said about you can't be half full and take care of other people. So like maybe this this also like equates to the the sport and her physicality and also, you know, doing the yoga and meditation, but it's like she takes care of herself first. Like and then she like brings that energy with her. Yeah, so that she can actually like, focus on others. She talks about connecting with herself. Like that's when it she's not doing that. Which I think is interesting is that when she's not responding well to other people, she sees that as like a not connecting with yourself, which is, I I didn't think about it like that before. No, but it's true. It's like when you feel off or like, I feel that way sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like not in the mood. And like, if I'm around people, I'm like, oh, this is so hard. Like, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really when I'm not feeling like good with myself, I feel like I need a nap or I feel like I, my, I'm like disappointed because I should be doing something else or something like that's when I tend to realize that like, I'm not really engaging with people. And that's when people think that I'm maybe not a nice person or something, (laughs) or just that I, you know, I don't feel like myself. Yeah. And I guess another way to think about it too, is being connected with yourself is also, um, as much as you're uh, reading other people, I think it's also keeping in mind like where where the goals are or what's important to you is also being like connected to yourself. Yeah. And I feel like that's when I get that sense of clarity, when I have a clear sense of purpose or like clear sense of whatever. Yeah. And it's like a lot easier to lead from that when you have that purpose. Yeah. And then also accomplishment. Like, yeah. Yeah, having that those sense that sense of accomplishment too. Right. Well, I really um, it's pretty cool to learn from her because just like all of our life innovators, uh, this is kind of what this whole show is about: is getting the chance to talk to different people and learn how they they do what they do. Because this is the life innovator show, and by nature of being a life innovator, you got to be a leader because you're. You're paving your own path. That's true. Maybe, yeah, maybe your squad is just one or mm-hmm. two <laughs> or 50. It doesn't matter, but yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit, of, and there's always that back and forth of, uh, I, I think a leader is someone who's always innovating, who's always, um, you know, challenging the status quo. And to be able to do that, you also need to, like constantly be learning and you can't constantly be learning, constantly be learning if you're not listening to what's going on around you and reading between the lines. Cause like she, like Marion talks about that too, all the time, like your follower quote unquote, isn't always going to be very direct with what they need from you. A good leader, like also knows how to read between the lines, you know, like, yeah. Um, which I think happens 
with that communication as you like get to know somebody like knowing when especially with something like sports like when your students like I can't do it when you really have to be like you can like I know to push you and then also knowing to be like okay this person's at their limit and I'm gonna like hurt them if I push them too hard yeah but um like you were saying I think that you know that's exactly why we do this series is we learn so much from every like we it's like that education this education we get from just like talking to these people who are doing it is so amazing and it's impactful um yeah and it's yeah it's really in line with what she's done which is that she didn't know she was a good leader Miriam, she just started going with it and found out, you know, and, and gained some skills along the way. Um, she found herself in that role. Right. And I guess when we started Chilling Ambitious, it was just something that, like, we saw as a vision that, like, we want to bring and um, just, like, taking a step back to, like, really think about being intentional with your life. And um, our guest uh aaron brown was on our show earlier he did the episode on non-ethical monogamy ethical non-monogamy not <laughs> non-ethical <laughs> he's gonna be so pissed oh i'm it's sorry ethical, ethical non-monogamy <laughs> monogamy <laughs> is not ethical <laughs> he's all about um yeah no that would be the opposite of what he was preaching um but yeah no he was telling me like uh, how he was working on this exercise where he was like, yeah, where um, I just uh, looking at what's going on in my life, what's working, what's not working, uh, where do I want to be, what makes me happy, and da, da. and I was going to say that maybe you should try this exercise because it seems like something that you'd be interested in, but then I realized that's what your podcast is about pretty much. I just had that moment, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I'm just doing it in front of everyone with my friend now, and um, yeah, learning along the way and reflecting and like, as much as we hope that you guys enjoy this, it's definitely just as meaningful to us. Yeah, we want to we want to glean what, as much as we can glean um, from everyone. Totally. Um, so this week's this question question you didn't know is relevant um, is what no matter what job you've had uh, or like you know or the role you play or what you do in your sorry. No matter what job you have or where you fit in in your family, think about what kind of role you always end up playing. Yeah, what is the thing that people always ask you to keep doing or keep going or look to you for? Yeah, um, for example, I find that I always end up being like the connector. I'm the plug, really, I'm the plug, really. (laughs) No, but I, you know, make, like I help people smooth things over, help people get along. So like that's the role I always end up in. It's interesting. I feel like I definitely play that in my family. Play that in my family. I play that at work. Um, at work, I end up being, I guess I, I've become a bit more of a technical person in some ways. I end up like, I'm, I'm definitely someone people come to when they're like, things are going wrong. <laughs> they're like, how do we fix this? So you're a fixer. Yeah. I've, your, I've, your, your accidental role is a fixer. Yeah. They're like, okay, Olivia, I'm like good at just like, problem solving I guess and really thinking on my toes like and thinking of like out of the box solutions I guess so when the like tried and true isn't working it's just like let's bring Olivia in and she'll just like figure it out work her magic so to speak is 
how I've heard. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, um, those are some examples of how you can think about. (laughs) (laughs) No, so so those are some examples of how you can think about um, what about your role and then capitalize on that. (laughs) Find something that works for you um, in that and maybe own it a little more. Totally. The same way that Miriam owns her leadership. I think it's also an important thing to think about because people always get very fixated on subjects, you know, like I love yoga. So like, that's what you're going to be about. Or I love fashion or I love the subject. And really every job has someone who's the connector. Every like industry has somebody who does that role. And um, I think I actually think that's kind of a more important thing to hone than like the the industry that you get into because people get like sick of industries or whatever or like when people ever want to do job transitions and they feel like they're starting from zero and like, you're like me right now <laughs> yeah but like, it's like but yeah focusing on what your strength is no matter to other yeah it translates you're not like you're fresh out of college no you know like you learn skills that were specific to a certain industry but like whether it's project management or like design or whatever, like the tech, like that role you played, like definitely applies to a lot of other industries. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so today's review that I'd like to listen, or <laughs> I'd, like to listen. I'd like for you to listen to, uh, is from Trisha Hernandez. Chillin' Ambitious has my ears, interest, and soul. Five stars. Love the way these women keep it real and shine a much-needed light on inspiring people who challenge themselves to think differently in order to find success. This is a must-listen motivation instigator in your podcast list. I eagerly await each week for the new episode and especially love the relevant clips and song bites. They are LOL-worthy. Much love. Thanks, Trisha. Thanks, Trish. We love, we, much love to you. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, Trish. Much love to you. Um... So yeah, we love your reviews. Um, answer our questions. Tweet them at tweet at us um, and give us five stars. Chillandambitious.com. That's how people can find us. At chillambitious on all the social medias. And also our website. Check out our website. We have like, we spent a lot of time actually with all the show notes. Yeah. They're really we worth spend it. A lot, yeah. We really, the, all the research is on there. All the music clips we use. Like we even have like, um, timestamps for like where you can find certain information if it's like oh I like that thing they said wonder what that book is it's on there yeah um, we, we were yeah we were we yeah <laughs> we don't plug it enough every time we do show it to somebody they're like wait why I don't I, why don't I know about this yeah so if you want information there's lots of information on the websites um, so yeah hit that please chillandambitious.com cool cool alright I'm O I'm No and we love you bye bye, bye. Meditate on the flow for the legs resonate breathe the speed